when I think of the state of the industry, the one constant today, more than ever, is change. It's continuous change, and this industry is going through it. You know, I spent 30 years in technology, and I love technology. Um, you know, when I think of the big things and the trends maybe that are going on in this business, the number one thing that jumps out at me is the automotive space, the automotive industry, every aspect of it is going to be affected by innovation and technology. This is Full Throttle, the Presidio Group's automotive industry podcast. I'm your host, Jason Stein, Presidio's marketing and communications advisor and host of SiriusXM's Cars and Culture on Business Channel 132. On a monthly basis, Full Throttle serves as the industry's meeting point for great conversations with leaders across the automotive world. On this episode, we explore the world of Cox Automotive as it morphs and transitions, grows and changes. Its leader is no longer new to the role or new to changing industries. Steve Rowley has been president for nearly three years. An unbelievable thought when you consider how quickly the time has passed and how much he's had to navigate during that transition. And navigation is the key. Rowley is positioning Cox to be a very different company, pushing the boundaries of mobility and technology while keeping customers front and center in every conversation, internally and externally. He's determined to find new pathways for Cox Automotive, whether in the fleet, electric, or dealer space. And so much of it has been driven by what he's learned during his stewardship of the brand. So much of it learned as the consumer got more savvy and perhaps more demanding during the last three years. So what are the lessons taken from the COVID-19 experience? And how is he positioning Cox Automotive for the next iteration of itself? Today, he lays it all out for us. Cox Automotive's president, front and center, on Full Throttle. Good afternoon. This is Steve Rowley. Uh, I'm with Cox Automotive, and this is Presidial's podcast, Full Throttle. It's always great to reconnect with Steve Rowley. And unbelievably, two and a half years that you have been in the role that you're in. I know it seems like a lifetime ago because so many things have happened since then. But you and I first talked back uh, around July or August of 2020 in a different format, in a, on a different station. How have you been? I've been good, Jason. I, I got to tell you, um, man, that seems like a long time ago, but it was <laughs> so short ago, and so much has changed. I think what we were talking about them is so much different than uh, today. Uh just shows how fast this industry changes. So pleasure to be here with you, for sure. Yes, moving at lightning speed, perhaps more now than then, because we always think that we're living in in these times that are most challenging and 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 ever changing, but this might actually be the time, Steve, where things are completely changing. Give me your overview of the state of the industry. Well, it, it's a great question. Your 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 comment around the speed and the change is exactly the things I continue to talk to our team about. Um, when I think of the state of the industry, the one constant today, more than ever, is change. It's continuous change, and this industry is going through it. You know, I spent 30 years in technology, and I love technology. Um, you know, when I think of the big things and the trends maybe that are going on in this business, the number one thing that jumps out at me is the automotive space, the automotive industry, every aspect of it is going to be affected by innovation and technology. And we're starting to see that rear with AI. I mean, artificial intelligence, you can't have a conversation without uh, you know, chat GPT or something along those lines. Um, the other big trend I see is transformation of the OEMs with the customer 
and the focus on electrification uh, is a big one. The other one, customer experience. Um, and I'll talk more about that. And then the last one, I think, is some some big macro trends that we're seeing uh, in, in just in 2023 alone. But uh, technology is a big one. Uh, you know, we just see so many things that are going on, the learnings from COVID that now say, hey, technology has to be at the forefront of a lot of things that we do. So we continue to have some of the great successes that we had over the last couple of years. Uh, the OEMs, uh, we saw Tesla be listed as the number one luxury brand. Who would have thought an EV would ever have that category so quickly? Uh, but it's real. I've even seen uh, plants, uh, EV plant uh, builds this week uh, on today's uh, publications around, uh, I think it was uh, Hyundai spending multiple billions of dollars moving to Georgia with their EV plant, a partnership with LG. We've seen Toyota make an announcement around Kentucky and their EV plant. And there's been so, so many more. Rivian's already here building one of the biggest facilities around. So EV is huge, without a doubt, you can't miss it. But the big one for me that we always push that agendas and everything we do at Cox Automotive is a customer lens, customer experience. And I think that is really becoming a reality for everyone, whether it's our captives or our OEMs or the dealers or even our wholesale space, customer experience is, is huge and technology is gonna play a big, big part of that, it already is. And then the macro trends, you know, we're seeing a lot of things right now. You know, new car sales continue to move forward up and to the right, which is a good thing. Um, used car values um, are flattening a little bit to, to declining, but still very strong uh, overall. But we're starting to see uh, some demand uh, changes. You know, I think demand is being driven by High interest rates, we're seeing new car values at about 9% used at 14%. Monthly payments around 750 for new, 500 for used. So those things are really making some big changes. Um, the SAR has moved up for new car about 14.2. I think in the heyday it was 17 million, but we're seeing good movement there. Um, our Mannheim index stays, declines a little bit, staying steady. So confidence is still there in the business uh, overall. Um, but uh, just just a massive transition, I think, overall in, in in the business. And, you know, that's kind of the way I see the industry today, quite frankly. Yeah, you just highlighted a handful of things. And a month or two ago, you talked about five reasons that you're excited about Cox Automotive and also mentioned a handful of things, many of which align with what you just said. But one of them was we're transforming vehicle transactions. And that goes for wholesale and retail and includes all of your digital technologies, Upside, um, Mannheim Express, KBB Wallet, just to name a few. But you're really looking to move to a more seamless car buying um, vehicle transaction process, correct? Yeah, it, it really is. I mean, uh, I love innovation. I love technology, and it belongs here in automotive in a big way. And we we have to be the leaders here at Cox Automotive with digitization, technology, innovation, and AI. So, how does that play today? Uh, we made a major investment, uh, actually, when I first came in to to really digitize uh, the uh, wholesale side of Mannheim, and we're very lucky we did because, as you know, during COVID, we were all digital, uh, but we learned a lot. Um, people want that same experience. Our dealers want the same experience 
captives want the same experience when they're standing in a lane that they can have remotely. So we've had to digitize the, con the condition reports. We're using computer visioning, imaging, and AI to give that same experience. And it's experience that's consistent and constant. It cannot be subjective. So this condition reports and what we're doing with, with uh, digitization is so different uh, than what we've had in the past. And it's empirical. And so it's giving confidence for our customers to buy. And then on the retail side, it's, it's all about what we call Retail 360. It's creating a, a connected and seamless platform with an integrated, uh, uh, integrated uh, facet so that we can have a whole host of consumer insights sites and all of our carbine products so we can create a, a, a seamless environment for both the consumer and, and the dealer. And the retail network, the dealers are are more equipped for this now than they ever were before, thanks to all of the changes that occurred during COVID, correct? Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's a great point. I mean, it, you've been in the industry a long time. I, I know you've had some some icons on your show. Uh, you know, I was listening to Don Flo. I, I don't think any, any of those uh, uh, brilliant guys would have ever been able to forecast how fast the adoption was. Yeah. And I think COVID drove that. It was a necessity. But it also shows how resilient the industry is, uh, which is really exciting because um, it, it, it's saying to ourselves that dealers want integration and seamless environments. Consumers say to themselves, I want a simplistic and an easy way to buy cars. We just did a consumer uh, buying report and it said, and the consumer said just that. We want a simple way to buy cars. We want it easy. We want it uh, seamless, and I want it when I want it, where I want it. So those were things that came out of it. And so creating a, uh, a single interface that is providing an informed view for the dealer and the customer is huge. So as a customer, I may go on a, a site and fill in information, look at the inventory, determine what I want, and I may stop there. That data and that information needs to flow to the dealership. So when I walk into that dealership, that individual starting at the 50-yard line with me, and all that data followed me, and I get a, I get a great experience, and I have a dealer that's really well-informed because they know what I'm looking at. They may know what my you know financial uh, score might be, or they may know that what I can pay, and so they may have recommendations already built in using the data from some of our consumer products that we're able to say you should be possibly looking at this car because it matches up with you're looking for. So absolutely, I think the dealer is more than ready and already doing so in, in so many fashions. We talk about it a lot on this program, but it's really meeting the consumer where they are now from a car buying perspective. That's the fundamental change. Yeah, I mean, the overused word today is omni-channel, right? So we, right. we, we talk about that, but um, I think if we all personalize things we all now have had digital experiences at home with the way we buy things. Uh, you know, we have we have things being delivered every single day uh, to our homes. And that experience was I bought it this morning. It came this afternoon or I bought it and it came tomorrow. And that that really that same experience is is going to be is being demanded by the customer uh, for car buying. When we think about your the other parts of your business, you're building the largest network for fleet services, Steve. You already have 
1,500 world-class technicians in your shops, mobile trucks across the U.S., ready to, you know, speaking of meeting the consumer where they are, ready to service any vehicle, anywhere, anytime. And you've just acquired FleetNet America. Tell me about that. Yeah, wow, you've done your homework. That's that's exactly right. I mean, our future uh, is one around mobility, and there's multiple elements of it, but you're hitting on the fleet services side. So we do have a mobility services side uh, that we have 1,500 techs that are out in the field providing maintenance and services uh, to our to our fleet customers all day long. Um, we bought FleetNet because it's the largest platform for customers to go to for fleet services. So think of it, we've got over 16,000 providers that sit on that platform and customers can, can go into that platform and based on a whole uh, types of algorithms and other things, we can provide them the best service for their incident that's going on right now. And so it's having the right technician with the right truck at the right time in the right location. And all of those things allow us to bring that together in a, in a, in a very cohesive platform. Your business is growing, Steve. And I mentioned the two and a half years off the top. Um, you were already, I mean, Cox Automotive um, throughout the time that I've, I've watched it has just continued to grow and acquire. One of the um, issues that we've talked about in the past has been um, sw- you know, the swallowing the elephant. And, and there have been so many parts of the business, whether it was dealer.com back, you know, long ago or dealer track, um, you know, different parts that have formed Cox Automotive. Where are we in that process? And um, what, where can you possibly go with it? Yeah. So, you know, look, our future is bright. I mean, we're excited about our future because of some of the things you talked about fleet. And, um, you know, so if I think of fleet services, fleets are growing uh, at a really fast rate. So it's becoming not the the miles on your car, but it's becoming the miles consumed by folks. So I may never even take my car out of the driveway, but I may in a given day, I may have consumed 150 miles, meaning that packages are coming to my door, I'm having delivery services, and all those fleets need to be maintained and supported. So we get really excited about that. But when I think about your question around how we grow, it's really it's really us continuing to innovate. We have world-class products across the industry, but it's incumbent upon us um, as we listen to the customer and focus on the dealer and focus on the captive and the OEM to make sure we take those, those valuable capabilities and bring them more together. So we have integrated environments and you have integrated data so that our customers are getting really unique user interface to a single sign-on, but getting unique data so they can make better decisions. So it's taking these world-class products and services and bring them together in a much more uh, user-friendly way for, uh, in this case, maybe the dealer, for example, and allowing them to be much more successful. You can't have a conversation without talking about electric vehicles. You mentioned it as one of the top five things that you're focused on. You're leading the way on EV battery health. You've developed, many people might not know, you've developed proprietary patented technology to take care of batteries throughout their life cycle. And in fact, you've processed more EV batteries for reuse and recycling than anyone else, which is a subject, reuse and recycling, not many people really talk about. Tell me what you're learning 
throughout that adventure? Well, look, uh, we took on one of the largest recalls uh, for EV batteries to, to date. Um, and we processed, uh, as I think you noted, uh, well over 100,000 of those batteries. But it's 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 been a process. I mean, we we quickly we quickly assembled a, a unique team and uh, made some acquisitions and brought together a unique uh, a group of assets and people and talent. Um, but we've worked with a whole host of agencies, you know, with with the FAA, with fire departments, with all kinds of different agencies. Because you think about batteries. And there's so much there that we that I wasn't even aware of. If you think of storing batteries, so a big part of what we're doing, storing and logistics and diagnostics and preparing batteries for recycling, taking them to black mass. There's so many different opportunities that safety becomes a number one priority. So you have to work with so many different folks transporting those batteries from point A to B. Um, there's so many things that can go wrong. So making sure that you've got the batteries um, decharged, you have them packed properly, they're stored properly, they're loaded properly, and, and you can move through those. So the entire life cycle management of batteries are huge. And we built huge, uh, uh, a very large facility in Oklahoma, in Las Vegas, and Detroit, uh, and internationally, the Netherlands. So um, we've built uh, a, a, a good amount of facilities to really support um, the whole life cycle management of batteries, as well as uh, the needs of our customers as we think about moving forward. And as you said, we developed a, a proprietary platform with algorithms called Alfred that allows us to do, excuse me, diagnostics, track that battery, and then provide, uh, you know, information uh, to the respective OEMs or others that may need that. I've spent time with many of your executive leaders through the years. And um, there was a talk of autonomous at, at, at one point. The industry's kind of cooled on the notion outside of just pure fleet use. Where are we there, Steve? Yeah, that's a, that's a, um, it's a great question. Uh, when I first came in the door, it was about autonomous. Two and a half years ago, it was all, let's, you know, let's think about autonomous. Um, there were certain manufacturers that were leading the way, saying that consumers are going to want this. I think I think where we're seeing it um, holistically, so if I think of everybody, not just a segment, holistically, I think it's autonomous is going to have a really unique opportunity in a lot of uh, in, in, in different case studies. So if you think of huge logistic facilities, logistics of moving things around in a large park, um, you know what? Autonomous trailers and vehicles are going to be huge. And they're going to create a lot of efficiencies and a lot of success and 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 a needed commodity for for that that space. And I think of other transportation areas where autonomous is going to be important. Um, but I think mainstream, when we start talking about uh, you know cars and consumers, um, I think it's it's going to be there. It's just going to be a a longer uh, probably acceptance model. I think for for you know, mainstream, uh, the mainstream consumer. And you mentioned it off the top chat, GBT, AI technology in general, where does AI fit into Cox's plans going forward? And, and should the world really be as concerned as it appears to be? Well, uh, geez, I'll start with the latter. Look, coming from technology, um, 
technology is one of the most incredible things uh, to improve our lives, the way uh, our children uh, go to schools, uh, make us more efficient, and so on and so on. That's the good side of it. The, the, the scary side of it is there's always bad actors out there that are looking to do things uh, to make things difficult for us. So um, the important thing is, is when we have technology and we have new advances, we've just got to make sure that we've got an ecosystem of safety and safeguards and redundancy and check and balances so we can really continue to be successful. And I think it's going to be incumbent upon leaders like ourselves and many others to make sure that we're putting safeguards in there for our customers and doing everything we can uh, to make things safe. Um, but, you know, AI is, um, you know, I, I, geez, we could spend, we could bring experts on there. There's so much around AI right now, it's not even funny. But we utilize it today with, you know, like with AutoTrader, we use it for website personalization today. We've been using it for a while. With Nextgear, we use it to minimize our defaults and so that we have quicker information. We're utilizing it with our Fusion product for for damage uh, detection and, and, uh, and other items. Um, you can use algorithms like KBB for fair pricing and services. So, so look, there's so many great things that AI can allow us to utilize. Um, we've just got to make sure we do it with, in, a, in a fashion uh, that allows us to, to do it where we can protect our environments for sure. What's next for you, Steve? What uh, we just talked about your two and a half year journey here in, in this role as president of Cox Automotive. Where do you want to finish out 23? What do you want to accomplish? Yeah, so when I think about 23, um, you know, we're we're uh, we're off to, I think, a really good start of the year for 2023. Um, and then as we go into the second half of the year, it's, it's us continuing to drive uh, the innovation that we have really talked about with our customers. So Retail 360, getting that to a full launch and full uh, production for our customers so that that integrated customer experiences matching their services. The same goes to, to true with Mannheim, just continuing to innovate with our uh, digital fusion product. And then more importantly, um, you know, it's it's uh, continued focus on our people. You know, we, we continue to put a lot of value and a lot of uh, focus around our people and uh, so that talent and uh, continuing to have a diverse environment and continue to grow that business across the world is, is just absolutely critical for us. August 3rd will be his third anniversary in the role. We congratulate you in advance, Steve, and thank you very much for being on the program today. Jason, thank you. Always a pleasure and congrats on a great platform and look forward to talking to you in the future. Great. Thank you. Thanks again to my guest, Steve Rowley, president of Cox Automotive, and thanks for listening to the program. Come back to us later in the month for our next interview on this platform. Suggestions? Email me at jstein at thepresidiogroup.com. And to learn more about the Presidio Group, go to thepresidiogroup.com or follow us on LinkedIn. Thanks again for listening.